0: This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
1: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. I want to remind you about our friends at Syringa. Verizon and XO customers, if you were recently notified that some of your telecommunications services will no longer be supported, contact Syringa Networks, Utah's fastest growing premier telecommunications provider. They have a full range of services. Call today, 385-420-8221. That number again, 385-420-8221. Let's get out to the Sprint Special Guest Line. Sprint is the network built for unlimited with great deals on great devices every day. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, our good friend David Locke. Hi, David. How are you? Hey, we're doing great, man. It seems like every time uh, we talk to you in the off-season, you're doing something fun. What's the latest? What are you doing?
2: I just got back from Moab, so that would be fun.
1: That would be fun. What'd you do down there, David? Uh,
2: went with three buddies, and we went on a four-day mountain bike trip. I'm getting a little old for that beat. <laughs> um, a little beaten up. feel like I might have got hit by a truck today. I may or may not have fallen into a cactus and have all sorts of spines on my butt on uh, my butt that I had to pull out. I had all sorts of things that reminded me that maybe at 49 years old I don't need to go mountain biking over highly technical hard things anymore. But it was fun. We had a great time. Uh, I was actually thinking back, Gordon, um, I, we were all in St. George for Summer League together and when I lived in Utah the first time from 22 to 28, I really didn't take advantage of the state well enough. And, was having some regrets on that level. I was a little too work focused in those days and didn't head down to didn't head down to Angels Landing and Zion and Bryce and uh, Moab the way I should have. Those places are truly magical. Moab's my favorite of all of them. I just love it there.
3: I have a question for you, David. That's a personal question. It's got nothing to do with anything other than the fact I was going up Big Cottonwood Canyon yesterday, and I was trying to remember where that house was. Uh, isn't it up Big Cottonwood?
2: I had a place when I lived here last time. I lived up Big Cottonwood Canyon about 11 miles up the canyon, and we sold it. Um, It was when we moved back. Ironically enough, we moved back into town. We just didn't use it enough, and kids get expensive. Um, (laughs) So there seemed to be some pending expenditures that were going to be heading our direction. and So just a financial freedom a little bit. Sadly, sold that place, but I miss I miss that a lot. Yeah, I drove past,
3: and I said, I know that that house was around here somewhere, and we had such a good time going up there. That anyway, it doesn't really matter. But fire pit in the back, hot uh, oven, beautiful, awesome. beautiful. And by the way, keep riding that mountain bike, man. Remind you you're alive. Oh, uh, yeah.
2: I- I had some fears that I might not be alive on that whole enchilada trail that we did in Moab. I, I thought that might remind me I wasn't alive there for a little while. The, I, I'm As I said, at one point, we were on a lower porcupine single track, and it was like a 2,000 vertical foot drop right off the right-hand side. And I love my wife and kids way too much for this. and I didn't like them, this would be a lot easier. Without Brian, that, that was a little harrowing. David, I know you uh,
1: watched and followed the World Cup very, very closely, and we can talk about Rudy and Joe as well, but I want to talk about Donovan. What are your takeaways from his performance, and what do you think he learned?
2: Uh, I think he learned a lot, and I think it was great for him. I think those were the most important basketball games he's ever played in his life. So in that sense, I think it was really valuable. Um, I saw him do things, jump stop in the lane instead of taking a floater and passing out doing what the Jazz coaches call Nash dribbling, where, like Steve Nash, you dribble the baseline and come out the other side. You saw him learn how to try to play with talent, like he had never played with that much talent before. I think he struggled at times to figure out what his role was. Um, And then I think at the end, you know, he just about willed that team back to a win and maybe showed himself that he was the best player on the field, on the floor for the U.S. and that he shouldn't have been as willing to, you know, be subservient to some of the guys at times, and
4: so I think he learned a lot about himself. I think he might have learned he's better than he thinks
2: he is, and I think he probably learned, you know, how good he can be, and I think he got better. I think it was a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for him. I'm really glad he got to do it. Same
3: question about Rudy Gobert.
2: You know, I didn't watch Rudy as much, and the European game, or that FIBA game is to Rudy's benefit, so I'm not sure I have as big observation. The one thing I did think, particularly in the U.S. game, um, when Rudy got the ball with a defender between him and the basket, he finished a few times. Outside three feet, Rudy is shooting, you know, in the 30s. And that's an area where his game has to change. He's got to be able to score when there's a defender between him and the basket at some reasonable rate. It doesn't have to be high. It just has to be enough that if somebody switches Harrison Barnes on him, he can go take Harrison Barnes down to the paint and punish him for it. Because there are not a lot of ways to guard this Jazz team. And there's one of two things that teams are going to do, or one of three things. One is they're going to double the ball in on the pick and roll to get the ball out of their hands and make Rudy make plays. Two is they're going to switch things. And so Rudy's going to end up with whoever's guarding Mike Conley or Donovan Mitchell on him, and he's going to have to be able to punish him. Or three is they're just going to drop the big with the ball handler all the way to the rim, forcing the Jazz to take some floaters and those kind of shots. And they and Rudy's got to get creative as an ability to to get himself available in those circumstances. And so I think that that's you know. Those are important plays. We saw Rudy dominate the U.S. when they switched smaller players on him.
1: David, maybe this is an, uh, the, there's an obvious answer to this question, but I'm curious to see which direction you go. What is the number one storyline you will be following at camp?
2: So the storyline or, like, what's most important? Because I think those are two different things.
1: Ooh, we could go, we could go either way. Let's go with what's most important.
2: So the beauty of the way this team has been built, most importantly, is we're going to go as far as Rudy and Donovan take us. Right To me, the beauty of what Justin Zanuck and Dennis Lindsay and this team at the front office has built is that there's support around those two guys now, and we know generally what Mike Conley and Bojan Vandanovic and Joe Ingles and Jeff Green and Ed Davis are going to give us on every night. And so because we know those things, what Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert are able to do to get better in the prime of their career, our two best players, are going to dictate how far we go. And I think that's what's most important. I don't think it's going to be something that's an obvious storyline early in the season. Um, and so that's why I stayed away. That's why I asked you that. that but that is, that's my thought on what drives this season and is the most important thing, is that our two best players' growth will dictate the season.
3: David, what do you think at the offensive end? uh, Will the structure of the offense be different because of the additions to the team, or will we see a lot of what we've seen in the past from Quinn dialing up certain uh, strategies?
2: I think it's a little bit different. I mean, I think you can be sometimes, Quinn was using a lot of activity to cover up weaknesses, and you don't need to cover those up as much because there are less weaknesses. Um, You can come down and sometimes just put Boyan in one corner job. Mike Conley in a pick and roll with Rudy Gobert and let Donovan lift on the weak side and see what the defense does and then start building your game plan out of that. Um, I think Bojan I don't know how they're going to run their second unit offensively, um, but let's say at times it's Boyan. I mean, he's really a special second unit player, and it was great when Victor Oladipo was out. Um, he was, he's a much more Kyle Korver, Clay Thompson-type action player than people realize. He took 22% of his shots coming off screens. So you'll see more activity there where that offense last year was a Joe Ingles, Derek Favors pick and roll. And I don't think that you can do that with Ed Davis in the same way. Ed Davis is an offensive rebounder. That's his offense and a great pick setter. So you might use him to free Bojan a little bit if that's how they use that um, grouping. Um, so I think that's where things are going to be a little different. Um, I don't know how you – I don't know – I mean, I think the – the pairings of who they use together and how they use them together is going to be really interesting Um, and there's a lot of good answers and so you got to figure out what the best answers are
1: david Locke with us uh, radio voice of the utah jazz 97.5 and 1280 the zone i asked uh, bowler this yesterday david uh, looking overall at the west there's been a lot of change obviously uh, a lot of moves who are you really buying and who are you a little skeptical on
2: so I'm buying the Rockets, which is unusual because Westbrook's such an inefficient player. But I really think Harden's that great. I think he's committed to greatness. I think he's one of the, might be the best offensive player the game's ever seen. It's not seven feet tall. Um, so I'm buying the Rockets. Uh, I'm buying the Clippers. I'm buying the Nuggets, but maybe a little less than some other people. I think they won't be as motivated as they were. And they had some scheduling benefits, but they're really damn good. And Gary Harris is really good, and he had a bad year last year. Um, I just think there will be some chemistry issues for the Nuggets. So I think the Nuggets will be better without all the advantages they had last year, so they'll be about the same win total, but they'll be a better team. I'm pretty skeptical on the Lakers. Like, who's the Lakers' third-best player? I got their top two or in the top ten. But who's their third best player? <laughs> got to be Kyle Kuzma.
1: Kuzma is what yeah. I would say, yeah.
2: And I'm not sure what I think there yet. And Danny Green? So, you know, if LeBron is ages at all, if Anthony Davis really is such a prima donna, I don't know if that's the right word, but he doesn't want to play center again. we um, I'm sure. Cu- I think Steph could win the MVP, but I'm a little curious on what the Warriors can do. Um, who else? Am I forgetting anyone? I oh no, it. I mean,
1: I I kind of like. Uh, I think Sacramento is up and coming, and I don't. But I don't think they're there yet. I think Dallas will be interesting, but I don't know how that's going to work. But I think you hit the major players. Yeah.
2: I think I'm probably more higher on Dallas right now. I'm going to run some numbers probably night or tomorrow. Um, I'm to run, I think I might be higher on Dallas than New Orleans. Like most people's hot team is New Orleans. I might be there with Dallas hmm. instead. I have to look at those rosters a little bit more. I don't know. I mean, I think there's we've got we've got more questions than we want to admit. David, right, like if we go from number one defensively. Let's say we go from number one defensively to number six. Then we better become a top five offensive team, or else we're not better. Hmm.
3: Well, I fully expect the offense to be uh, pretty lofty. Uh, we'll see. Well, I mean,
2: right? that's a. I mean, and I do too. I think we're going to be a great offensive team. But that's a lot. Like that's a big ask when I just asked. Yeah. I want to
3: wrap this uh, uh, book ended, I guess, with another question about the World Cup. David, you study this stuff, and, and so that's why I ask you. Ricky Rubio played terrific in that World Cup. Um, is does that is that meaningful in any way? Uh, why is he better in that setting than he would be in an NBA setting?
2: So, it's probably not meaningful in the sense that Thomas Sadaransky dominated also. Right? Like,
4: my feeling on Rubio was
2: he was, like, perfectly kind of placed where he was. Like, when we played the Knicks and they had no point guard, he'd have, like, a great night. And then when we went, there were some, I mean, Quinn got Rubio through the playoffs in a really fabulous way against OKC, but, like, we saw Russell just beat the hell out of him, and we saw Damian Lillard beat him up, and you know, we like, Rubio's just not that good, right? Like, this isn't a criticism of Rubio. I thought he just was, like, nicely placed where he's supposed to be in the league. Like, so he's not as good as Russell Westbrook and Campbell Walker would torch him and, and things like that in the NBA. And so there just aren't those guards in the feeble World Cup. And so he has he seems to play better. Now, why does he have more room and what is he able to do differently? And I don't know the answer to that. I didn't see his shooting numbers. If they were actually better, I'd love to dig in a little bit. Um, but some of it is you're just not playing as good of teams every night. And it, it might be a little bit also of a statement like of why, like Kemba should have maybe been better or why wasn't Popovich and the coaching staff able to have Kemba and Donovan Be more impactful. If Rubio is able to be that impactful, I don't know.
1: David, we always uh, love hearing from you. Thanks so much for jumping on with us, man.
2: My pleasure. Talk to you guys soon. See you, David.
1: David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Not that far off. No, it's right around the corner. In fact, we're making plans here as a station, and it's going to be a really big year. It's going to be a really big year of jazz coverage right here on the Zone Radio Network. It's an interesting discussion.
3: Uh, what he, what David was talking about there, as far as the Jazz, will they slip? How far will they slip defensively? Because offensively, they are definitely going to be a top ten, uh, and maybe uh, I think what do you say, top five? Yep. Do you think the defense is going to slip from two to six? I think it's possible. Hmm. And he said if they slip to six, then they have to be
1: a top five offense. It makes sense. But uh, the thing I'll say, though, is if we're talking about the Jazz truly being in contention, you know, most great teams are top 10, at least in both. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, there's no doubt in my mind that they'll, they'll be top 10. They'll be top 10. In offense? Yes. There's no doubt. I mean, yeah, I, 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 might... I think they will be. I might predict that, too, but I don't know if I would say there's no doubt. Well, all right. And I I strongly believe that they will be a top-10
3: offense. I'm curious to see whether they can stay among the top three teams defensively. If they can do that, then this year is going to be something special to watch. We'll
1: see. The Clippers are going to be really good defensively. (laughs) Is anybody going to score on that team? They are going to be really good defensively. So if the Jazz could actually be number one, I mean that would really be saying something, but I don't know I don't know if that's all that realistic. I, I do expect some some slip there. But how much I, I'm with David, and I think that's a that's something to really think about. So if I said the Jazz will be three in defense and five in offense, do they win a title? Mm, they'd have a good shot. But I don't know if that's fair to expect I wonder expect how good that. the Clippers are gonna be offensively. You'd think pretty good, because that's what I love about Kawhi and Paul George. They're two-way yeah. players, mm-hmm. and that's what makes them great. All right, joining us now in studio, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. They've got a uh, permanent and scientifically proven treatment for ED that is surgery-free, drug-free, and needle-free. And I think that's something to to really hit on there, Andrew, because the, the alternatives are, are really not that great. and have been failing people for a long, long time.
5: They've been failing people for a long time. The pills, um, the side effects, the drugs. Dropping of blood pressure. Uh, there's a certain amount of guys that take heart medication that can't take the pill at all, mm. which I see a ton of. Yeah, I bet. Um, so uh, yeah, and then the other thing is if you're taking medication and it is working, it will one day stop. Um, you take 20 milligrams and you take 50, then you take 75. So your body builds up a tolerance to the medication just like anything else. Uh, our treatment is the first thing to treat the root cause of the problem, which is blood flow. Um, clinically shown FDA cleared to increase uh, blood vessels and widen the diameter of the blood vessels. So that means that when the time is right, um, you'll get more blood to where you want it more normal function in the bedroom, you can eliminate the need for pills, and that is eliminating the side effects, of course. And who's a good candidate for it? I think anybody that is feeling like things are slipping in the bedroom, especially if it's early. If you're noticing that things are slipping in the wrong direction, the sooner you get in, the better. It's easier to fix. But also, um, if you're a diabetic and you're experiencing issues, if you've had prostate issues and you're experiencing issues, those are That's 80% of what we see right there.
1: All right. The number to call is 801-901-8000. But you've really taken the risk out of this for our listeners uh, with a great deal.
5: Yeah. A lot of guys think, I will never go and talk about this openly, or I'll never go in and you know see other guys in a clinic. Uh, It's it's confidential. Um, We're taking all the risk out of it. Call us right now. We will do an initial assessment and an analysis of you with our medical doctor, a blood flow ultrasound. Um, normally, about $300. We're going to do it totally free if you call us now. There's no risk. There's no obligation to do the treatments. Take the info and be done with it, and that's totally fine with us. It's
1: that easy 801 901 8000, 801 901 8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate it. All right. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. heard the sounder it's a win ticket wednesday caller 12 right now 855 zone if you're caller 12 you're going to win tickets to Godsmack. Godsmack on the road this fall with special guest hailstorm you can rock out with them live wednesday october 9th at usana amphitheater tickets are on sale now purchase your tickets at livenation.com what a dreadful song love this song it's love this song you know why
3: because it's got a memory to it it's got nothing to do with used to be my girl but I was in New York City with my family uh, in uh, Times Square, and we were walking around, and there was a guy who was who was <laughs> selling CDs on the street, and he—this well, was one of them—and he had it playing, and it was blaring over the loudspeakers, and he was dancing, and boy, this guy could dance—he was really, really good—and so all my girls uh, gathered around watching him, and. Uh, when I hear that song, whenever I hear that song, I think of that moment.
1: If I had a memory associated with that song, I would hit myself in the head with a frying pan repeatedly until the memory was gone. Uh, number two skillet? Number two skillet. <laughs> you oh, workout? I can still remember it. Bong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. You, you really don't like that song? Just dreadful. What? No, it's, it's, it's because classic. anytime I say, wow, I really like that song, you just crap all over it. <laughs> so that is what I'm doing from here on out. We, uh, we had Walking you're... on Sunshine yesterday, and you're like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> we're trying to be, we're in a good mood, yeah. Austin and I are dancing, singing along. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so that song right there stinks. <laughs>
3: oh, man, you're mean.
1: <laughs> no, you're mean. you mean. You take anything I, I get excited about, and you're like, brr. Uh, I wanted to do Harry Belafonte for Band of the Day today, and Gordon was like, nah, no."
3: Harry Belafonte. I mean, why? Because it's my daughter's you new do, favorite you want song.
1: 1960s the- lounge singing. Oh, I'd take that too.
3: <laughs> now, Harry Belafonte. He's one of those all-time great, all-time greats. But still, mm-hmm. it's not. It's, it, it doesn't seem like it's... Will you play a Harry Belafonte song? It's uh, I mean, it, No! It's, this, the, this, this is... This is. I mean, it just doesn't feel like it hits the mark of our listenership. The right banana... Da- yeah! Oh. This is my
1: daughter's favorite song right now. Da- Everyone likes oh, this song. it's oh, a good one. Everyone likes okay, this song. Okay, Maybe another Harry Belafonte
0: da- song that you think hits the mark. Da- da- I, I got one. I got one. Here it is. <laughs> not so. as good as this one though <laughs> we could just play I this mean, repeatedly That's what rip, I do at home I'm not anyway Harry now Perry
3: Belfonte, but we don't have 75 year old women listening to our show good probably. music
1: is good music sir what yeah. you're saying you can't listen to Tchaikovsky anymore We <laughs> oh that guy was born in like the 1600s <laughs> I actually don't know when he was born
0: <laughs> Tchaikovsky yeah wasn't that in the 1800s? I, I hate him because of the Nutcracker. You know how many Nutcrackers I had to go see growing up? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah but didn't he do the 1812 Overture, too? I don't care. He did the Nutcracker. <laughs> no good can overcome that evil.
1: Uh. <laughs> Just because you got dragged to that show yeah! every year? I only got dragged to that once. You you got to dragged to that repeatedly? It's the worst part of the Christmas season.
0: Hope they don't advertise. <laughs> Shout out to Ballet West. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Austin Norton for Ballet West.
1: <laughs> they do fine work, fine work.
0: Pr- promo code pie. I,
3: are you and I going to talk Austin into doing the national anthem?
1: Oh yeah, the, the uh, tryouts are, I guess the auditions. Uh, press release two, for two, Yeah, Tuesday. I mean Friday. Two days. Friday from nine to one. Austin, is that correct? Now Austin's done it before, though. I know it was great, and he did a good job. He did. And he asked you really not to broadcast that he was thinking of trying out. So <laughs> I
0: like well, I, I mean, like explicitly asked. him. He, yeah, really, he really did. Did. You, see,
3: did you hear how I phrased it? I said, "Are we going to talk him into it?" I didn't say he was going to do it. So then, when I do it, it's your idea. No, yeah. no, it's like I, I was saying it, but with with uh, with nuance. I, I And then you blast right through there and go, oh, it's well, my fault.
0: <laughs> it is. is my I think fault. I believe I said, Gordon, please don't advertise that I'm doing this. Gordon says, Austin's going to do this. I should say, we have Austin no, do it? I didn't
3: say you were going to do it. I said, should we try and talk him into it? You talked about it. And then you go, yeah, he said not to say anything about that he's going to do it. He not did say what? not I, to, I say, I, to I say anything. Did, I, didn't say,
1: I didn't say that he's going to do it. Um, I, I here. I'll say this. I can think of. We were talking about intimidating. Uh, I can think of few things more intimidating than standing up in front of twenty thousand people and singing the national anthem, which is a very difficult song to sing. True. True that. I'd never do it. You never would either. No, I wouldn't. And imagine doing that with a, a giant. Falcon or whatever it is. It was a bald eagle. <laughs> a bald eagle. You know, the, the the country's bird. It's gonna claw your brain out while you're singing. Because that happened <laughs> to happen. Austin in
3: a bees game.
1: Can
2: we hear that real quick? I mean, <laughs> that is one now of the. I gotta hear that. that it's one that's... of the best pieces of audio
0: <laughs> ever. Ever. For oh, the ramparts we watch, we're so gallantly streaming. I was right behind you, right? <laughs> Less than a foot. <laughs> was it pecking at your head? I I haven't I was facing the the flag out behind center field. He was a little bit behind me. I didn't I couldn't see him. All I could hear was the end of my life about to occur. So.
1: Yeah, and I don't think I don't think bald eagles peck, by the way. I think they maim. <laughs> I think yeah, I those think talons they, yeah, take right. care of it. Yeah, they do. They they yeah, they maim and then they eat. Yeah. So that now now try singing the national anthem with a bald eagle mad at you right behind you. That's got it now that's intimidating.
3: <laughs> that adds to the fact that does.
1: it does.
3: Yeah, well, he did a great job, Austin so uh, but I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying he's going to do it because I, I was told not to. I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> I'm just saying
1: should we try and talk a bit of Because it? it was an excuse to compliment his ability to do it. I still, uh, I will say this, I, I admire that about Austin very much. That is not something that is easy to do. Well he he's had done good training with the latent late tones. Yeah, the late tones got him in shape. Who uh, Julian Blackman, isn't that who he asked if the Laytones were Yeah, were you the guys cool-
0: are trying to, you know, prove that I'm a music nerd and a loser and no one liked me and you're hey Julian, you're the jock. How much did you like the late tones? And what did he tell you? He said that the Laytones are the coolest kids in school. I basically. believe his words were that was the jam. Yeah. No, those weren't his words. But still, <laughs> That's what you heard. Yeah. What kind of crowds did you draw back then? Oh, the parents. <laughs> that was and the reluctantly coming with them siblings, yes. And what about like- and the, the kids at, in at, detention that <laughs> were forced to go. <laughs> Had to pick up the garbage afterward to what clear about their- the
3: school assembly? Did you perform there? Yeah, that didn't go over
1: so well. Because all the kids looked and said, look at listen to these nerds. Look at these losers. <laughs> I, hey, my 20-year high school reunion is this weekend. And Are I'm, you going? I'm debating whether or not I'm going to go. Did you go to the 10? I did. Well, then you're good. All right. I had a you great time at the 10, but the, the 20, I mean, it's... What happens at know. the 20? At the 10, everyone's trying to brag
3: about
0: how successful they are. I don't know about that, and but... At the 20, what do you, what happens at the 20? See, I skipped my 10 because uh, I you know, didn't feel great confidence in the way I was looking compared to 10 years prior when they had last seen me. Now it's been 20 years and we all look like this, so I'm going to be going to the 20. <laughs> you are for sure. No, not for sure,. No. I, uh, I please a, don't advertise it.
1: I had a great time at my 10-year reunion. really whooped it up. Go but uh, the 20, I don't know. I don't know plus it's like, it up. Uh, I, I was It's only been 20, are you sure? Whooped <laughs> <laughs> it up. But it's like it's like 80 bucks a person or something like that, so I'm like, did you well, cut a rug? Did I like these people that much? No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> I kind of want to go, but I, I'm still on the fence, so we'll see what happens. So at my
3: wife's I don't know what it was, in one of her reunions, she said I she wanted me to go with her. And but at that time we were living up here. So and she's from down in the LA area. So I I said, Okay, well let's let's go shopping, let's let's buy you some stuff, you know. So I I, I encouraged her to buy just a oh man she looked like a million bucks you know and I thought holy cow she's just going to impress everybody how beautiful she is you know and so I was picking out the stuff that I thought was just just you know you know what I mean she looked great and so I bought all this stuff and then it came time to go and I could, something came up and I couldn't go so she went by herself Looking all hot like that, you know, and all our old boyfriends were there and all this stuff. I I, I don't know. I didn't know how that was gonna. You know, I was wishing I was there. You've got some real jealousy issues over there. No, no, not really. But uh, I, I I don't make a habit going to high school reunions. Have you gone to your own? Uh, my seventy fifth is coming up, and, I, <laughs> nice. and I, I've never <laughs> been to one. I'm the only one left. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, just whatever. Gordon with the fight song on a cassette player <laughs> with his pom poms. The reunion, yeah. I, uh, I think you should go. You do? Yeah. Just stop by.
3: How inconvenient can it be for you? It's probably right down the street. No, uh, I think it's up in Park City. Oh, we'll go if you want. Will Maz go with you? Yeah, I think so. Do you take the uh, wife to a reunion? Is that what you would do?
1: Oh yeah, I think Austin, I think so. Yeah. yeah, if she if
3: she wants to go, huh?
0: well,
1: you don't want them thinking you like you make up the fact that you're married. But isn't it
0: the worst thing? <laughs> put her, to put go- her coat on the chair. Yeah, I've been to married me. for
3: several years now. Sure, you have. But isn't that the worst thing for the spouse to go to the, the high school reunion and the spouse is, spouse is totally isolated from, doesn't know anybody there probably, and they're just sitting there twiddling their thumbs while you're talking to all your old buddies.
0: I would be miserable because of that. My wife, though, anywhere she goes, she makes friends real quick. So I think she's she's sure she
3: likes meeting people. And, she'd enjoy it more
0: know. than I would, actually. Yeah, at my reunion. Well, the way uh, you know, I damaged my memory in my
1: twenties. I don't know how many of them <laughs> I'd remember. Anyway.
0: Hey, buddy. Hey there. Chief. I, I think I've,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's got the index finger. Hey, out. we were locker partners. We were? Oh, yeah, oh, totally. Oh yeah, I that's don't even right. know you. How hey, you? Timmy Bob John. <laughs> no, I liked, I liked my high school classmates. That's the I, reason I'm considering going. Okay, so to bring this full circle, how about when Austin
3: does the national anthem at a jazz game, how about they introduce him former Layton Laytone Austin Horton?
0: That's fine, but you're never former. You're always, once a late oh, tone. Oh, That's really? what my tattoo says. <laughs> when was the last time you saw any other
3: laytones? Late, late
0: well, actually, we, we hang out. Our, a bunch of my best friends were also in the choir. But I mean, hang that out mean all as time. far
3: as, this is like in the movie Pitch Perfect. where It's you have, nothing
0: like that but, dumb I, movie. But, <laughs> I I, that I'm movie. offended, sir. It's a great movie. But,
3: you know, you have the alumni that come back it's all part of a a big club
0: sure is that what the Leytones do if you remember the password yeah you're you're still in by the way did you ever lock your knees and faint fall off the stand no i I never did saw it happen so they they teach you to not to do that right i I just think that's pretty common sense but i don't know if anyone has to teach you you how not to pass Mm -hmm.
3: out
0: how'd
1: you know that i don't know
0: do you hear that (laughs) it is common sense
1: Why? What do you mean, why? What's so commonsensical about it? Who stands with their knees
0: locked? Well, I mean, you're supposed to actually bend your knee a little bit, right? No, I think if you just have a natural stance, you're okay. I think it's when you get real nervous, you lock them up. I I thought it had something to do with the singing. No. How do they do Broadway musicals rolling around while they're singing? You don't have to do that. No, but I'm saying when you lock your knees, then, then you somehow the combination of the the
1: exertion of singing and locking your knees makes you faint. I don't know. I had a, I had a buddy who had a uh, he was a groomsman at a wedding and uh, it was have you ever been to a Greek Orthodox wedding? I've not. Uh, the very interesting lovely ceremony, but not short. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, beautiful church, the whole thing. But, but again, not not the shortest ceremony I've ever been to. And we were watching my buddy Nick, who's up there. And, and, and he, teetering. He's, he's standing there, and we're like, God, oh, Nick is sweating a lot. <laughs> he's looking up there, and it's just pouring off his brow. And then all of a sudden, you see him start to kind of wobble a little bit <laughs> back and forth. They were going, oh, this can't be good. Uh-uh. And then all of a sudden, wha-bam, just fell right over. Had what, what a, what had a the, candle in his hand, too. That what could've... was the cause of it? I uh, fainted. I don't know. He's probably over. Oh, he just threw your buddy under the bus. Yeah, he knows. How many people were in attendance? Was it oh, embarrassing? Probably at least a hundred. I would guess. Did someone help him? Uh, <laughs> or did yeah, you just point at him. <laughs> <laughs> no, somebody helped him. Obviously, they didn't just stand there, <laughs> stand there, and drip some candle wax on him. you <laughs> like. Okay, I don't know, but how it, we but there. we did watch the whole process. Like we did, we noticed before the swing, we're like, "Golly, he's sweating a lot." Did and then anybody swing, think to get up and go over?
0: What are you going to do? Interrupt? The,
1: interrupt the uh, the? Well, I'm not sure where they pastor. I'm not you, sure where they call you, him you Greek what are, gonna, what are you going to What are you going to say? Hey, uh, hey, father, shut your <laughs> pie hole. Nick's about to fall.
3: He's over. really <laughs>
0: sweating. <laughs> Not going to do that. Yeah,
3: but you saw him swaying. You knew he was in distress. He was sweating like a a flop sweat everywhere. And you're over there going... Oh, you know, look he at didn't him.
0: sway for 10 minutes yeah, It right. was a matter and, of moments And
1: I'm down in the congregation I'm not up there with him Maybe yeah, I was standing next to him know, or something But I'm down there like, you know. Jake, get it
0: together Jake,
1: Jake dives from the third row <laughs> No
3: I think you could see it coming And you saw him sweating So maybe it would, would have been good to just sort of Instead of just sit there and look at that Watching him sway and get up and go check And see if he
1: needed some help and interrupt, the the, the the bride would have had me killed. What am I going to do? Just, how far? I'm did sorry he, it's your day. How far, how far did he but fall? But Nick's about to fall on his face. What do you mean, how far did he fall? He's about 5'10", so. No, oh, so he was just on the ground? I thought he was up on like some sort no, of elevated. No, he didn't like elevated. fall off of it, no. He just fell onto the floor. <laughs> he just fell over?
0: <laughs> he just
1: fell over. So what did everybody do? They picked him up and said, are you okay? And he kind of shook it off, and then they went on with the ceremony.
0: In and, and and a strange where, twist, when they picked him up, he didn't remember the bride. <laughs> where,
1: where am I? Where, where did he go? They put him back in line. Just stood there? Just stood him back up? Yeah, basically. it said, are you okay? And he kind of went, yeah, I guess. And then they
0: <laughs> went on with it. You know, like you do with a receiver that just got a concussion. Get back in there, son. <laughs>
1: for another half hour i can't remember how far we were into the uh, into the ceremony at that uh-huh. point but he made it through the rest of it all right stay tuned we've got more and coming a up next. a cane or a brace or something big show 97.5 and 1280 the zone
5: this
0: is tony parks and austin horton
2: i got the high school
0: games coming up and by the way just a, a side thing big thanks to jeremy brunner for his work in the truck Always enjoy it when he produces the game. Jeremy's a pro. Oh, I love it. Was that a shot at Adrian? And I feel like it was. And just so you know, just just a quick side nod here. I wish Jeremy could be my producer every day. (laughs) I make a comment, and it must be a shot at somebody. It must be. You looked right at Adrian when you were saying. I was talking TV. (laughs) I always get myself in trouble because of you guys. I did not say Jeremy does a great
4: job on TV and Adrian sucks on radio I did not say that you did now
0: Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
1: All right, Gordon, it is The Big Show. Let's get on out to the Sprint special guest line. Sprint is the network built for unlimited with great deals on great devices every day. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, the passing game coordinator for BYU. He's Coach Aaron Roderick with us on The Big Show. Coach, how you doing? doing well guys how's it going it's going great man you still riding high off that big win
4: uh well now we're, we're we're on to on to washington now and uh just got done with a with a tough practice so it's been it's you know we we've moved on but it was it was a fun day but this week we got a huge challenge
3: after a big game like that a big win like that aaron does the team respond with enthusiasm or is there a little bit of a hangover from uh from the success and the i guess partying or celebrating uh, yeah. what just happened
4: well we're trying to guard against that there, there has been a lot of enthusiasm at practice and um you know i've just been talking to my players a lot about um you know bringing that energy and that excitement to practice that we all felt from a big win and uh you know not letting it get make us complacent or or uh you know relax at all because we've got a really good team coming here saturday and um you know, it's going to be a huge challenge. They're really good. What's it like to coach Zach Wilson? It's a lot of fun. Yeah, he's a he's a fun player to coach because he he just he wants to be great and he challenges me every day to be a better coach because I I feel like I've got to always always bring my best to keep keep him challenged. You know, I got to go to meetings with with good information every day to try to help him be a better player. And on the field, he's just always asking what he can do better and he's always working to be, be a better player and, and um, really all the QBs here are like that, it's, it's that kind of group this, that's the kind of guys we coach in this program but um, it's, it's fun to coach him and uh, he makes a lot of plays. One of the things
3: that stood out to me from that game is that 12 different receivers caught the ball including Zach Wilson, he was one of them but uh, when, when the ball is distributed like that, uh, that's a positive sign isn't it? That, uh, that a lot of things are being seen on the field
4: Absolutely. We're trying to spread the ball around the whole field and we want to throw it we want to throw it to all areas of the field to all different positions on the field. And so we're we're trying to throw down the field, you know, deep balls, intermediate throws and short throws to every position on our offense. And and uh Saturday we that's one thing we did a good job of was was using the whole field and we made we made a team that probably had better athletes than us defend Defend everything, and uh, if, if we can do that more often, then you know we'll we'll have a chance to score points and and get those explosive plays that came Saturday.
1: Seemed like Zach made well, he did not. Seemed like he he made big plays at big moments. Is that is that something you can teach performance under pressure like that?
4: Um, I mean, you try to you try to um, simulate those difficult situations as much as you can in practice and in our film study. So uh, the touchdown pass he threw to Dax Milne um, was a play that we practiced the exact situation against the exact defense that they gave us and our whole team executed the play exactly as practiced and it was a it was a tough look but we knew we knew there was a good chance it was going to happen and we had the play set up for that that situation and we hit it uh, later in the game when Zach's scrambling around and and just makes a play and finds, finds uh, Gunner Romney down the field, you know, in a, in a scramble situation, you know, that's just, that's just something that you can't teach. That's just he's got, he's got a, some, some presence back there that some guys have and a, a feel for the pass rush, and, and then he has great athletic ability. You know, you can, you can feel the pass rush, but if you can't move your feet, you're still going to get sacked, and he's, he's a good athlete, so he made a great play.
3: Aaron, was that a touchdown run that Zach Wilson had? Was that a cold play?
4: Yes, yeah, that was a QB draw. It was, yep.
3: it was the perfect play at that time. I mean, you guys were really on that.
4: Yeah, we, we, uh, Coach Crimes had, had been setting that one up for three games, and we had, uh, we, you know, we'd done some other things with that same personnel group and that that formation uh, to set that up, and it was. It was a great call right at the perfect time. And Zach made a great, great play. The guys blocked it right, and uh, it, was, it was a huge play.
1: Aaron Roderick is with us, 97-5 uh, and 12 into the zone. Coach, what are you seeing from Washington on defense?
4: Um, they're, they have an identity that they, they just believe in, and they stick with it, and they do what they do. Um, I've coached against these guys for years both at Boise and at Washington and points are really hard to come by um they keep their safeties really really deep and they make they keep the ball in front of them you don't you don't see a lot of balls uh, being thrown over their heads so you have to really be patient and work it uh try to try to um you know you got to try to move the ball and, and be be patient and be smart and because they're excellent defense um if you watch their games over the years you know it, it's tough to score points against these guys, and so we're going to have to we're going to have to grind it out, and we're going to have to uh, mix it up, and have a good balance of run and pass, and try to use all of our weapons available to us. And um, but I like our chances. I think I think we I think we're going to play well.
3: Aaron, uh, talking about uh, the balance run and pass, how how much of an advantage is it for Zach Wilson to have a back like Tyson Williams back there? And what, uh, obviously, that's apparent to everybody. We get that, but from a technical standpoint, how does that help?
4: Well, it changes everything. I mean, like you guys all saw at the end of last season, we were we were running on fumes at that position, and um, we were we were really you know. There was some smoke and mirrors to our offense that where we were just trying to make do with what we had available to us, and now, now we've got, you know, Tyson's playing really well, Emmanuel Suka's coming and done some good things, and Peeny Katola is a really good player, and so now we've got some options, and we can keep guys fresh, and um, it's 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 a it's a big difference, and then you add the fact that Jaron Hall and, and Zach Wilson are both good runners as well. Um, I think I think you're just going to see us get better as the year goes along in, in that area.
3: Why, why was Dian uh, called on to run that touchdown? Uh, early? What, what was that? Because they, they were the same number and everybody was confused for a minute.
4: Yeah, I think uh, so that's a play that's a Coach Lamb deal that he did way back in Southern Utah and he it's mostly, it's mostly special teams and defensive players that he just kind of uses. He, he A lot of the practice for that play is done when away from us when we're doing our offensive stuff uh, sometimes or during special teams time. And uh we scored a touchdown on that play against Utah last year in the Utah game. I think people just didn't notice it. It was Matt Hadley ran it in, but it was it was uh it was the same group of people. It was defensive guys on the field and and uh um so we've had it in and, and um it's just Coach Lamb's deal. Those, and, those guys you need know, some road We use it when necessary.
3: Yeah, the the guys up front did a great job.
4: <laughs> yeah, uh Kyrus, Kyrus really opened up a hole on the touchdown run.
1: Coach, talk about your relationship with Coach Grimes. It seems like you two have uh, good synergy.
4: Yeah, yeah, he's a great, great coach. I've learned a lot from him. Really enjoyed working with him. He's, a, he's an awesome guy. Um, he just – he uh, really cares about all the coaches and players, and and um, he's he's always looking for input from the staff. I love how he includes everybody. Everybody has a say in everything we do. Yeah. Um, and then I just I, like I said, I've learned so much football from him he's He's got quite a resume and he's a very accomplished coach and um i've I just love coming to work every day.
3: What do you think of the progression of the offensive line aaron
4: uh good you know we're where we are now from where we were a year ago when we you know a year and a half ago when we got here i think is we're just getting better and better with with uh, experience and growth um and, uh, you know, I expect us to keep improving there. That's, that's a position that we should always be solid at BYU at that position. So a lot of what we do is built around the fact that we can recruit good old linemen here.
3: One other thing I wanted to run by, Aaron, is that when I looked at both the offensive units and the defensive guys on the field, they looked poised, man. They, they looked like they knew exactly what they wanted to get done. Was it perfect all the time? No, it wasn't. But – they they looked the part against against a uh, a marquee program.
4: Yeah, and I, that starts with Kalani. I know uh you know he's so he's so juiced up and excited on the sidelines. He, poise might not be the word you think of, but really he I do think of it as poise because he expresses so much confidence in our team that I think our players just feel it from him. They feel that energy from him that hey, even if something goes wrong, just keep playing, just keep grinding. He's got so much so much passion that the players just feel like he believes in them. And I think it starts there and then it trickles down to the assistant coaches to make sure the players know what they're doing that we have good schemes and we know we're technically sound. And so I think there's a second level of confidence that comes from the players knowing, okay, head coach believes in me, he's fired up, and now my my position coach has got me schooled up on what I'm supposed to do. And then the third step is just we're more experienced now. You know, we're we're a year and three games into this, and so we've got a lot of players that are starting to think less and just react because they know, they know the scheme. And, and so I, I just feel like the program is – is, uh, you know, our, the, the word culture keeps getting used, but that, that that's starting to get, it's starting to settle in, the guy's taking root, and, you know, and Saturday we'll do our best, but I, I have a good feeling that whatever happens Saturday throughout the rest of the season, I think you're going to see us keep getting better and better.
1: Coach, thank you so very much for a few minutes of your time. We really appreciate it. Good luck on Saturday against the Huskies.
4: Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you. Aaron Roderick passing game coordinator for the BYU Cougars. No rest for the weary, Gordon. Going from USC right to Washington. Two tough tests for that uh, that coaching staff. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. If, As I said, the opportunity is there. If BYU wins that
3: game, then then it's – if they're good enough to go 3-1 and one in those first four games, then you wonder where is this team going to stub its toe moving forward. I mean, the Utes beat them, but the Utes are one of the best teams in the country. There's – Just no arguing at that point, I don't think.
1: Joining us now in studio, our good friend from Wasatch Medical Clinic. He is Andrew Reinhardt. And uh, Andrew, thanks for coming in today and helping our listeners, man. We really appreciate it.
5: Well, I appreciate uh, being here and talking about this. Um, We've seen a lot of guys come in over the past couple years, um, erectile dysfunction is a far bigger issue than even I knew. This new treatment, though, acoustic wave therapy, really is a game changer. Um, clinically proven, FDA cleared to open up the blood vessels. So if you think about a guy with ED, it's really a blood flow issue. Um, it's been treated with medication, which, you know, kind of helps the symptoms a little bit. It's temporary. It causes side effects. This is the first and only thing that treats the root cause of the problem.
1: And, you know, people, this is a big part of life, and I get the impression that a lot of people kind of suffer in silence because they're a little bit embarrassed by it, and it's so unnecessary.
5: Yeah, it affects everything, and they come in and just, you know, kind of tell us all about it. They haven't ever talked to anybody about this before, not even their primary care doctor. Uh, These treatments really can change your life, and typically in just two to three weeks. Our average guy does a few treatments over two to three weeks, and that's it. So if you're listening right now, By the first week in October, it might be a game changer. That's pretty quick. 801-901-8000 is the number to call to get on the
1: schedule, and uh, you're taking all the risk out of this for our listeners.
5: We are. A lot of guys embarrassed and hesitant to take care of this issue. We know that. Um, And this is the last one of the day we're going to do, by the way. Call us now. We will do a free analysis, uh, blood flow ultrasound, consultation with our medical doctor. It's private and confidential. Um, We're going to do it totally free to those that call right now, normally about 300 bucks. If you're sick of the medication and you're kind of wondering what to do, come on in. There's no obligation either. There's no pressure to go through with the treatments at all.
1: 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Give them a call. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you, as always, Andrew. You're the man. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. More Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, and boy, it's been a jam-packed day today, Gordo. Nice work, Austin.
3: I'm going Uh, on vacation. (laughs) We had a lot of good guests today. A lot of fun.
1: A lot of things to talk about and uh, interesting perspectives. Well, we've covered a lot of ground because, frankly, this week... There is so much going on. There's three great po- football games to prepare for, Utah-USC, BYU-Washington, and Utah State-San Diego State. And we talked to David Locke today, talked to Bowler yesterday. Really, camp for the Jazz is right around the corner. we got less than two weeks? Less than two weeks. You getting ready for uh, media training camp?
3: Uh actually, 'cause Because, remember,
1: I committed you to do that. Well, one, you can't commit me to do I it.
3: I kind of did, though. But you can't. <laughs> and secondly— uh, I don't have anything left to prove on the basketball court. No, that's no, all been no, no.
1: that's all there. That's all on film. <sighs> I wish. As you sound a little um, scared, intimidated. Do you do?
2: No, you <laughs> kidding me? I've <laughs>
3: seen these media guys. I'm not intimidated about them. I'm intimidated about the guys who are barking orders at everybody.
1: Well, that's all part of the fun, Gordon. You're not part actually of the fun. You're not actually trying out for the team. You're afraid of Quinn Snyder. Damn right, good, good, good choice.
3: Ever since I told you the day that Jeff said called me up and said, "Get your blankety blank and blank over here right now,"
0: I said, "I can't. I'm working." So you and Trey Lyles have that in common. Right?
1: <laughs> oh, that there it is. Boom, Gordon Trey Lyles Monson. <laughs> no,
3: not at all. But you know how it is sometimes when. The wife wants me to haul those uh those bags of uh of uh, dirt. Uh I'm busy working.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's true.
0: It's happening. You know, it's yeah. like clockwork. Yeah, it
1: is. Strange. Very busy man. Very <laughs> Oh, it's very harvest busy.
0: day? I've got a column to write. <laughs> work, work, work. Busy, busy. Honey, you just wrote one. Ah uh, yeah, but Got another one. Got another one, and then another one. That Crackthorpe's not pulling his weight. I don't fact, want to tell you.
1: In fact, I'm going to be in here. Uh, how long is it going to take you to do that? Yeah, I'm going to be in here the whole time. <laughs>
3: Darn. <laughs> in the past, haven't we done that during our show? And so you and I have had to be, uh, you know, busy on the mic. I think they're going to adjust it just for you. No, don't tell them not to bother. Really?
1: No, tell them not to worry about yeah. it. Well, yeah. anyway. Uh, all right. Well, uh, coming up tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be uh, continuing in uh, college football preview mode. Gordon, you're going to be in Los Angeles. However, you will join us uh, for part of the 3 o'clock hour. And then Hans Olsen is going to come in from uh, 4 uh, throughout the rest of the show. So very much looking forward to that. We'll be very football-heavy tomorrow. Yeah,
3: I'll, I'll join you anytime you want during the show tomorrow. Uh, I'll, I'll be like a boomerang coming back and back again and back again. But uh, it, it's a it's a big game. Like you talked about, It's a it's a great weekend of – of uh, local college football and I am very interested in all these games they all have things to offer that uh, and, and, and there will be answers to questions that still exist if Utah goes down and, and just slaps around USC I'm telling you right now they're going to win
1: a freaking conference well, you know, there, there's that Husky team we'll also be seeing on this weekend, and yeah. well, there, again, there'll the be my, some answers coming there. The mighty uh, Cougars
3: of Washington how good, State. How good? Yeah, that's the 28th, isn't it? It is. So what? Uh, how good? How good is BYU really? Uh, is this a program that's turning the corner? Because if they can beat Washington, man, I that's really saying something. Going yeah. three and one against that kind of competition in the first four weeks.
1: Yeah, we're going to have to, uh, well, you know, I think it'll still be tough. I'm not going to, if they wax You USC, would pick the Huskies? I don't know if I'd pick the Huskies, but I just think there's so many good teams in the Pac-12. It's tough to do it every single week. Oh, really? Where are these great teams?
3: I just mentioned, like, four of them. Those are great teams? Utah is the team that has good the enough. potential to be great. Fine, but good enough teams to beat you. How
1: about that? Well, you can say
3: that about any team except for Oregon State, probably. All right, and Idaho State.
1: Well, have a have a safe journey. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Gordon. Thanks. To- look forward to it. I will give the report from Los
3: Angeles. Tell you everything you need to know. You know the weather, the wind direction. You know all that stuff. That's very important. The feeling in the city, the uh, you know the atmosphere. Which freeway electric, he took? <laughs> oh yeah, we're going to get which that. freeway
0: he will take. Which freeway he didn't take? <laughs> took the harbor. Okay. Which freeway he won't take?
1: We'll talk to you tomorrow on the big show, 97.5 <laughs> and 1280 of the Zone.